Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you're listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders. It's the end of the week. We're getting there. Hopefully you guys are having a great week. Hopefully you guys are campaigns are on fire and you're just bringing in all that money and, and you're just seeing your dreams and, and dollar signs. But more than likely the reality is you're really stressed out and you're, uh, you know, you're, you feel that pressure and you're wondering, we only got, we only got t- t- 10 backers this, today. What do we do now? What do we do now? What do we do now? More than likely it's more like that. So uh, if you guys are listening, you know that Successfully Funded, we talk to project creators uh, while their campaigns are active or just finishing up. Um, and we try to break down you know, their stories, w- how they got to this point, how they took uh, an idea that was possibly a, uh, a sketch on a napkin all the way to the point where they're, uh, they're funding a Kickstarter. So that's what we talk about here. On top of that, you know, I like to give you guys a little bit of uh, Jeff Wenzel. Jeff Wenzel stories, which I think are always great, right? So last night, well, well, let me, whoa, whoa, whoa. I almost forgot to tell you who's on today's episode because you're going to want to listen to this one. If you are um, anywhere in the food industry or you have campaigns that have smaller uh, dollar amounts, you got to listen to this campaign. So we're going to be talking to Mike Kim from the company K Pop Sauce. So they have the ultimate Korean chili sauce. And I think if you checked out this campaign, I mean, they're they have like 900 backers, which is awesome, right? Um, with 30 days to go. So they are hitting a major home run in the, and I, I, I want to be cautious, it's not a hot sauce. It's, it's just a flavorful sauce for, um, to, to bring your foods. And me being a hot sauce kind of sewer, well, I want to let you know that I'm going to become a backer today. So we're going to do that maybe together on the podcast. Actually, I'm going to do it right now back this project. So what you do is I'm on the website, right? Let's, let's walk through it, right? You guys can do the same thing. Go, go Google Cape K pop sauce, Google that. And uh, what should we buy? I'm going to buy the $10 one here, ready for some pop, free shipping, one bottle of K pop and a thank you card. That's what I'm going to buy. Boom. It's that simple. So we just literally backed a campaign. Oh, and by the way, at the end of it, I'm going to tweet that out. So just got done backing that. So uh, there it is. I'm a backer. <clears throat> All right. So that's now done. We finished that together, uh, which is awesome. So what else is going on? Well, last night, I'm kind of proud to say I got back out on the diamond. That's right. I played men's slow pitch softball last night. I haven't played in about five years, but prior to that, I would be on a couple of restaurant leagues and, and do some fill-ins for some other teams. And I like to pitch. Um, and I so yesterday I walked right in, right up to the mound, and started throwing after five years. Did all right. Not gonna I'm not gonna brag too much, but I did all right. Lost a little bit at the end. Lost the the, the focus and the concentration. But I'll get that back next week. It's not a big deal. But um, my batting, man, do I need some time in the batting cages. I just don't have it. And, and these guys, how do these guys hit these gigantic home runs who are like my size? It, it's got to all be in the, you know, fundamentals. And I just, I've lost the fundamentals on hitting. I mean, I haven't, you know, I, I couldn't hit very well in the leagues I played in five, six, seven, ten years ago. I, I, I didn't hit very well. I'm still not hitting very well. I think I got to wait for the ball to come more to me. 
get it more in my zone. I think I'm reaching, reaching, getting my hands out in front of me. But, um, yeah, man, there's some guys. I mean, the first game we played last night, I just got, we got crushed. It was like I was serving up batting practice. Um, but yeah, but today, man, I am like feeling it. And I didn't expect to feel it this much. Like it's in my thighs. It's in my shoulders. Uh, I needed to be iced down. Yeah, I got to find a woman that ices me down after my men's slow pitch softball. That's what I got to find. Any of you ladies out there interested in icing me down? Yeah. Um, text me after this, and uh, maybe we can uh, <laughs> men's slow pitch, you know, taking it to the extreme. But it was good to be out there, um, you know, playing a little doubleheader action last night. So I haven't done that in a while, so that, that, was, that was good to get out there. And, and, but I will say, I'll, I'll tell you that, but, but driving home, though, I man, I have lost the sports urge though. That competition vibe, like like I was feeling last night. I was like, man, I just you know it was fun. You know, I like pitching, but I just don't. I don't know, man. Something about sports is just not connecting anymore to me, and I'm honestly I'm a little worried about it, and I don't know why. I don't know why it's not connecting, um, but it's not. You know, like uh, I, I I've been thinking about taking my son to some like Michigan games this year, and. I don't know. I'm just not feeling it, but it is spring. So who knows? Maybe that'll change. I don't know. Just, just kind of, it's just some reason I don't have any answer for it, but I just can, I just feel that sports is not connecting anymore or as much to me as it used to in the past. And I'm looking for answers. I'm looking for answers. So, you know, kind of other big news going on around here is my, uh, my dad is currently scheduled for open heart surgery. And if you guys are regular listeners to the podcast, you'll realize that that is kind of an intense surgery uh, in general, but a double intense surgery when your dad is in the state of health. So the other thing that I'm just kind of openly asking for advice and questions on is, is what do you do when somebody is kind of, you know, getting ready for this major surgery that you just know, man, it feels like a 50-50 shot in terms of not going well or going great. It just has that vibe around it, that heaviness around it. And, you know, I don't, I, my dad usually plays up the uh, type of vibe, but I don't, I think that's up front. So I just, you know, I'm struggling with this sort of, you know, do you make a big deal about it? Do you, or do you try to act like it's just normal as possible? If you go too far one way, do you know, uh, you know will, the, will the other person think like, oh, he's just doing this because of, you know, whatever it is. I don't know what the right answers are and haven't really found it yet. So I'm, I'm, you know, so that's coming up. That's May 19th. So that's going to be a big day. Um, you know, so yeah, that's a heavy one right now around here in the old, uh, Wenzel way, right? <laughs> if you get to uh, Wenzel way, you would see that that's some heaviness floating around our house right now. You know, other thing too is, man, this is the first time we did not get a question for our AMA. So you guys, if you're, again, regular listeners, you know that we do an Ask Me Anything about crowdfunding, social media, start, even starting up a business. This is my fourth fourth or fifth business. Um, you know, being an entrepreneur, that the sort of the heartache. And I, and I wanted to open this up because it can be a lonely, lonely experience to be an entrepreneur. Uh, something that I talk about quite a bit to my friends and family around here is like, I don't talk to anybody. This podcast is me actually reaching out and talking or me doing my lead calls. It's me talking to people because typically I'm just sitting in front of a computer by myself since I work from home and stuff. So I,
you know, so if that's something you're feeling like too, that's why we're doing this. So, you know, here's my, here's my number. Get out your pen and pencil right now or put your memory bank on. Actually focus. But text me at 248-264-3464. 248-264-3464. And text me any of your questions you might have around crowdfunding, social media, uh, growth hacking, uh, you know, how to run a podcast, how we do this podcast. If you got any questions, let me know, and I'll answer them on the next episode. We'll, we'll, we'll chat about them, and I'll give you a shout-out, too. So uh, appreciate it if you guys uh, text me. This is the first week that we haven't had, had one. So, hey, we don't want that to start, right? We want to keep this uh, energized and as poetic as possible. <laughs> Woo! I'm glad this uh, week's getting about over. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, all right. So let's go ahead and uh, I'll stop my ranting. Let's kick into my conversation with Mike Kim from K-Pop, who I just became a backer of their project, right? I'm going to get some sauce in August or something. I'm excited. Uh, Anytime I can get new hot sauces in my repertoire, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Uh, Hot and spicy. Man, you know what this episode should be called? Yeah, Fire and Ice. We talked about... Me needing to find a woman to ice me down after my men's slow pitch softball double headers. And I'm going to get some hot sauce in here soon. Woo! I didn't even plan that. My producers, my interns, they didn't even plan that. That just came up that on the spot. We just titled this project or titled this, uh, this episode. So, all right, let's get into my conversation uh, with Mike Kim from K pop. Cord lights on. So let's do a quick sound check here. So um, I think it's pretty early for you. What are you having for breakfast this morning? Uh, this morning I had a breakfast scramble with uh, ham, cheese, uh, eggs, and top, top, topping it with, with some uh, sauce, salsa and K-pop, actually. Nice. nice. <laughs> now, is breakfast a, um, a big part of your routine? Do you, uh, do you, do you go to it often? Uh, absolutely, because um, I've always been taught by my parents, especially my grandma. She's like, hey, it's great if you want to work, but you have to take care of yourself. Um, and feeding yourself is probably one of the most important parts. So. Cool. cool. It's good all right. To heart, yeah. yeah. So, all right. So you sound pretty good to me. Am I sounding all right to you? Yep. All right, let's rock and roll this. So, Mike, thank you for joining me on the successfully funded Kickstarter or uh, your success, successfully funded podcast episode. I got to get that out. So, why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about what you are raising money on Kickstarter for? Yeah, uh, first of all, Jeff, thank you for having me. Um, really, what K-pop Foods is about is uh, we're a Korean food company, um, but more than a food company, we're um, our mission is to bring people together and uplift spirits by sharing Korean flavors with America. So what we're doing on Kickstarter is um, we're we're show, showcasing our first product, which is a Korean chili sauce. And um, we just want to be able to introduce Korean flavors in everyday, in your everyday life. So we've positioned it or we've um, basically turned it into an accessible form that you can use with pretty much anything. And um, that's the beauty of it is is. You have like the synergistic um, 
like match between the sauce and almost whatever your favorite food is. And our thought process is that by introducing just a little bit of what Korean cuisine has to offer, that it will open up um, kind of like the floodgates to not just Korean food, but for people to try other ethnic American and other ethnic minority, you know, food, just because we are in this age where people um, want to try different foods. And uh, to be able to do something positive uh, with that, you know, that's something that, I've just recently found, and it's it's a huge uh, medium of you know self expression, and you know as you can tell, I'm very passionate about it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So you know, would, is this something that you would describe as like a hot sauce, or is it or is it different than that? Is it more of a flavorful type of sauce? So yeah, that's 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 really interesting. And initially, we had thought about positioning it as a, a hot sauce, but we found out by um, just having people you know, sample, sample, uh, and test it so that we can get their feedback that they, they actually said that we were doing ourselves a disservice by calling it a hot sauce because it had so much flavor. And, Mm. and a lot of times when people, um, look for hot sauces, the number one thing that's important to them is the heat factor. And for us, that's not the, that's not the case. It's like the flavor comes first and then it has a nice kick. But with hot sauces, with most, most hot sauces, the kick comes in in the beginning. And so you get that kick right away. But with right. us, you actually taste the sweetness. It's, it, it, goes in, it shifts to a tanginess. And then you get a delayed kick on the, on the back end. So it, it's a little bit different. And if people go in expecting or acknowledging that it'll be different, then you're in for a treat. But if you're expecting it to be like other hot sauces, then you know, I don't want to dis- disappoint you. But, um, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Right. So what, what would you characterize like the overall flavors like? Is there something to compare it to? Um, I would say the only thing I, c- I can compare it to is Korean food, just because I grew right. up eating Korean food. So um, the main ingredient, which, which is the Korean chili paste pepper or the mm-hmm. Korean uh, chili pepper paste, that's um, used throughout like throughout different Korean dishes. Uh, the most prominent or probably uh, people know um, is kimchi mm-hmm. or um, in your bibimbap, it's uh, similar to the sauce that's mixed into the, the rice with the vegetables and the meats. Um, yeah. I don't know if I, that exactly answered your question. Yeah, No, no, no. I'm just wondering, you know, cause it's intriguing that, you know, like, like, you know, I mean, you guys are, are saying that you can put this on eggs and meat and marinades and it's just like, there's so many things that you guys are mentioning. I'm, I'm intrigued as to what that, 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 you know, that overall flavor is like so that it can blend on everything. And, and, and I'm a hot sauce kind of sewer. I put hot sauce on everything, you know, mm-hmm. sriracha's and, yeah. and, uh, you know, red hots. I'll, I'll, I'll eat that stuff on anything. So I'm intrigued as to, you know, what this is kind of in the ballpark of, but, um, yeah, I can't find something to compare it to. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, that's a good thing. Well, I think it's in, it's intriguing, um, just because I've actually worked on a marketing campaign for a, a hot sauce here in Michigan. Like it's a local one, and, and you know it's in some of the smaller stores, and the competition and the ability to stand out in the hot sauce market it's it's incredibly challenging. So I'm intrigued how you guys are sidestepping it a little bit and just not going down that route and being you know, I guess maybe more in the ketchup aisle or whatever it might be, you know? Um, so it's an intriguing business model that you're working on. Yeah. yeah thank you. And, and we kind of, note, uh, we, we saw that we saw that the, because the actual paste, that base ingredient is used as a cooking, um, used a lot in cooking. We could not only, um, use it as a hot sauce, but we can use it as a sauce, a condiment and marinade. And these are things that we, um, kind of first, 
thought of, and then we actually were able to test out, and um, it just happened to work. So I don't know if it was just luck or (laughs) what. Yeah. So well, let's go back. So so where did this idea kind of start that you wanted to you know get into the sauce business? Um. So yeah, just almost came out of nowhere. But um, so I'm I'm attending UCLA Anderson um, Business School right now. Okay. And. I was at a social event um, with another friend, my my, my co-founder, uh, Theo Lee, and we were um, just talking. We were just kind of just socializing, and we were just we. This is when we kind of met um, and talked about our passion for Korean food and how we thought it was awesome, and we instantly kind of uh, connected through through our mutual love of Korean food. And um, I just thought that hey, like I. Uh, we kind of talked about how there aren't very there there aren't a lot of businesses out there that are promoting Korean cuisine or really showcasing it to America. And even though um, we would go on these weekend trips and take our classmates to to Koreatown here in uh, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and they uh, the response that we got from them really kind of thought that we could potentially be onto something because. The next day after we go out to Koreatown to eat Korean barbecue, like everyone, all our friends who uh, didn't grow up eating Korean food or weren't that familiar would come up to us and say, hey, that was the most fun we've ever had or that was the best meal we've ever had. And like they were just so happy. And like for us to see that, we 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 thought that, hey, we might as well give this a shot and, you know, mm-hmm. look into it and research. And that was about 14 months ago. Um, I am a full-time student, so I've taken this through like academic classes um, almost as it started out as a, as a way for me to just learn about uh, running a business. Sure. And in each class, I was almost looking for a reason not to pursue um, this venture until we got to a point where I was like, let's, let's, let's go for it. You know, if not now, when? Um, now, now, I believe it. this is, uh, it's coming from a grandma's recipe, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, or, it's, uh, or it's tailored after, or something like that. Yeah. So it's based off of uh, Theo's grandma's recipe. Um, he's the he's who you see in the Kickstarter in the first scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's based off of his his recipe, but we've tweaked it a little bit um, just to make it more, I think, versatile and just a little bit less. Um, potent in, in its taste because gochujang, uh, gochujang by itself or the red uh, chili pepper paste is actually very very potent yeah um so yeah well that's cool so so over the over the last 14 months has there's has there been a major roadblock or anything that's kind of uh, i don't know bit you guys or you couldn't do something that you wanted to do um that's a good question i mean every day is had, had has had its own challenges um I think for us, just learning about this is working in the food. None of us really had any food industry experience. Um, you know, none of us really had any marketing experience. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was just all learning on the go, right. and um, especially even even stuff like you know sourcing the ingredients and you know finding a manufacturer. Like these are things that um, don't happen overnight. So every <laughs> every day has definitely been a challenge. Right. Um, so I can't. Well, well- yeah, I can't think of any one, you know, big thing that was that was a hurdle for us. Well, well, how about the moment where maybe I mean, you kind of maybe talked about it, but was there a moment where it just like really clicked? I don't know when you when you finally tasted it and you just knew like 
hey, we have something here. Like, was there, is there like a, a shining moment that you guys can think about that you just knew you had something? Yeah, I think what it was for, for me personally was, um, again, uh, I'm a full-time student. So we, and we did take this idea through some classes here at UCLA Anderson. Um, and when it came to our final presentation, um, I kind of, we had within our guest panel, we had some, um, serial entrepreneurs and we had, um, just some esteemed professors and faculty. And I kind of told them that, um, you know, this, I wasn't sure if I wanted to pursue this venture full time, um, just because of the risk involved. And they kind of told me that that was the worst part of the presentation, that they loved it all, but that they, they thought that, you know, we had something here and that they were very, very supportive in, um, us pursuing this idea so um just the network here in the community here has been amazing and definitely wouldn't be where i am today without you know my, my classmates peers advisors yeah. faculties and um, professors well, i think it's always great to have uh mentors and and just people around you pushing the idea as well so that you're not just in it in your own head or exactly you know, yeah exactly. just looking at it every day every day and uh some of that so where'd you grow up uh, I grew up, I'm from the San Fernando Valley, and um, it's a suburb out of Los Angeles, California. Okay. What'd your parents do? Or um, what do they do? Um, yeah, they're still working. Um, hopefully they can retire soon, but my mom <laughs> is a registered nurse and my dad is a, a tax accountant. Okay. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, so it sounds like you're jumping into the entrepreneur world. Wh- where do you think that comes from in your, in your history? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe it's the fact that so I spent the last 10 years prior to coming to um, UCLA in the military. Um, and, you know, I loved it. I loved the part about being able to see the world, being able to serve uh, the country and being able to connect to people of all sorts of background. You know, the right. military is actually one of the most diverse. It's, it's, it's amazing um, how diverse and how much just opportunity, equal opportunity there is for everyone. Um, and so... I think the creativity, maybe because I came from such a rigid structure, I knew that I wanted some freedom to be able to grow. I knew that I wanted to um, own my own business. I think that was something that was always put in my head, um, that I wanted to create something. I wanted to create something of value. Um, And I think that's what pushed me eventually to be where I am right now. Hmm. Well, do you think that there's any, like, personal habits that you have that's contributing right now to this success or yeah i mean like a a habit you might do definitely um you know going into the military taught me discipline it taught me um yeah i mean just i think just discipline and and planning skills the ability to plan and the ability to execute and the ability to um be flexible um it, correct me if I'm wrong. Does it also kind of keep you, um, you know, you're never too high and you're never too low? <laughs> you just, um, you know, because I find that that's always a strength for a lot of entrepreneurs that, you know, uh, that, that that you just, you know, because you, you can have such bad days sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> you do, you do. There, yeah, you definitely do. Um, and I think balance is great, but right now I just feel like I'm always on a on a high. No matter no matter how, no matter what situation happens, at the end of the day, I'm so thankful for the opportunity and where I am right now that I can be a, I can come back to that high, um, and hopefully I can keep writing that. <laughs> well, has there has there been anyone you know kind of close to you that's really inspired you to to you know to actually take this leap? into making a, uh, a sauce, like, you know, is it a coworker, uh, somebody in the military, a dad, I don't know, friend, is there, is there some sort of, somebody that's inspired you? 
I would say that I like like I kind of mentioned um, before. I didn't think that I would start a business this soon. Um, so if anyone was to have inspired me, first and fo- foremost is uh, my co-founder Theo, um, and then my classmates. Like I think, yeah, this is a big shout out to you know all my classmates, definitely. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Well, let's flip a little bit over to the Kickstarter. So one of the reasons I reached out is um, I, I find it fascinating when companies have you know, a smaller price point. I mean, it's a bottle of sauce, right? So I think you're, you know, it's $10, $15, whatever. It's a smaller price point. But the amount of, of support and backers you have so already uh, after... I don't even know, a few days, not, not, not very many days. So what was the kind of a, like a pre-marketing strategy you had before you launched this campaign? So we just did a lot, a lot, hours and hours and hours of research. Um, and one of the key things that came from that was to leverage your existing network. Um, let people know what you have planned, uh, what's coming up, uh, way in advance. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're not asking for huge, you know, investments into a company. We're just asking them to believe in in us, the the individual members. Um, I'm asking my friends to, you know, support us by buying a sauce, or or you know, if they can't afford it because they're students or because they're not in a financial situation, to just, to just spread the word. Um, and so, I think that was probably the most instrumental in the beginning. And after that, it was just about outreach, um, talking to. It all starts organically within our community, and then it grows from there. Mm-hmm. Asking, um, you know, our friends who they know, and you know, can we can we get into touch with them, and you know, just sharing our story because right. this isn't really about us; it's, it's about the story. It's about, sure. um, yeah, so much more. So has has there been, you know, maybe one thing that you're looking at, maybe dashboard wise or whatever it is that you just saw, like you know, an email list, Facebook ads? Is there one thing that you're pointing to right now that's really driving the success of the campaign? Um, one th- well, th- I think Kickstarter, the platform itself, um, they've, yeah, I can't say uh, enough good things about, you know, Kickstarter. I know there's a bunch of other crowdfunding, pla- uh, crowdfunding platforms, but, um, they've just done a, been a phenomenal support, um, whether it's been, you know, helping us classify as a project that they love, or we were featured as project of the day this past Monday. And that gave us a huge, huge, but, um, boot. Oh, that's great. um, so, yeah, other than that, because we we know that we are trying to just build the brand of the company and let people know what we're about, um, I've just been, um, you know, my team and myself have been building our social media platforms on specifically on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have the resources. We'd love to have like to be able to do to cover everything, but we, we only have so much bandwidth. So <laughs> right, that's what right. we're focusing right now. So, so I saw in the video too that you you have a pretty pretty large team working on this. Kind of, how did you develop the roles of all these people, and, and how did they get on board? So um, we utilized the UCLA network. Um, what who helped us out was the UCLA Film and Photography um, Society. So at the end of the video, you see all the shoutouts to the UCLA FPS. So they're a student run. Um, club here that's just uh, phenomenal they're amazingly talented and so they brought on you know almost everyone that we needed we had no expertise in in videography or you know photography or anything like that so um, we just were able to do uh, to collaborate with them and that was a huge huge help as you can see like they did an awesome job 
on the video, we sat down and we kind of just like storyboarded the iterations and um, we, we, our, our interests, we kind of, we had a good um, connection and they knew what we were, what we were trying to do. And um, yeah, it just worked out. That's great. That's that's really awesome. So it sounds like, um, I mean, you almost have no shortage of resources around you being in UCLA and having having these sort of connections. Uh, you know, what outside of that though is maybe around the LA area? Are you is there incubator programs or anything else that you guys have explored and looked into to help with your business? Uh, we we haven't at this moment. I think we still haven't been exhaustive in, in the, the UCLA community is just so big and they're, they're tapped into, you know, every, every industry, um, that we haven't been exhausted. I don't think we've even really touched uh, the tip of uh, the iceberg here. So for us, um, you know, you know how it is like to just stay on focus. I think that we'd be doing ourselves, um, Thought, like just we wouldn't be helping ourselves by trying to go out um, outside of our community first. We want to be able to build um, as as big of a community here. We know that that the support that we gain here um, is more effective than support that we can get um, outside later on. Well, whether because that'll probably have to be done through more of a commercial transaction. Where here, it's you just have a, um, a connection through not being. Um, a student or being an alumni of, of the school, but just the, the culture that we have here of sharing success, helping each other out, um, and raising each other up. All right. That's cool. So, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about how you guys maybe manage the F like FDA type of stuff and regulations and shipping and I, like that whole world you know, I, I mean, I've talked to a couple other food ones and I know that it, it is, it can be a headache. So how did you guys manage that? Um, <laughs> I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but again, uh, leveraging our network. Um, so my co-founder, Theo, we, we first started off by just doing research and, um, you know, it was hard. It was tough. We weren't really getting anywhere. And then our uh, school, actually, um, the startup program that that we, it's, so kind of kind of backstepping here, we're part of the business creation option at um at UCLA Anderson, which counts towards our master's thesis. And through that program, we were connected to food industry experts that really uh, we were able to set up interviews with and chats with just to, and they were a tremendous, tremendous resource to us. And through that, we were able to get contacts to co-packers, to uh, food scientists. And, um, and, you know, we, from there, from there on, it may not have worked out, but they were able to refer us to other people. Um, and we just kept on trying until finally we, we found a food scientist that was, um, that's really just awesome. And, um, he's been very, very helpful. He's worked with the FDA before he has good relations with them. And I, and we know that this isn't the norm. So we're just very grateful and thankful that we were able to, uh, partner with him. And then, um, same, same with our co-packer. So I can't say that I mean, we leveraged a lot of our network and then we just kept on trying and pinged more, more and more people until we found something that, that worked for us. Um, that's cool. And, and is there anything, I've never talked to a sauce, you know, company, is there anything that's different or unusual about what, you know, the paperwork trail that you have to go through? Um, I would say I, I can't compare it to anything else because again, I'm not, I'm not familiar with, um, what the regulations are for snacks or other things. But 
Uh, we, we do know that, I mean, just stuff like shelf life, making sure that it can stand on, on the shelf for more than a year, that, you know, it the formula is not going to change uh, when it's um, undergoing heat or extreme temperatures, um, making sure that, you know, the nutrition labels, I mean, that's, I think that's pretty standard, standard yeah. cost, but I, guess, I think the biggest thing is just to, to make sure that, um, the bacterial levels and the pH levels are, are stable and also the shelf, shelf life. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So, so what does, you know, what does scale look like for you guys right now? You know, how do you guys discuss that amongst your company? What does scaling look like? Scaling look like for, for us, it all depends on raising awareness. Um, and the more that we can raise awareness, the more that we can try to, um, go out and reach, reach out to investors who may be in, um, interested in what we're trying to do because we're not just a sauce company. What, what, you know, our, all, what, my, what our ultimate vision is is that you know, K-pop foods becomes the household name for Korean-American, Korean food products um, and that everyone in the U.S. has accessibility, whether it's through e-commerce or whether it's at their local store. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that the potential for this, there, there's an untapped market, um, right now for Korean products. And, um, if we can, if we can do, do that, reach that market in a manner that, that makes people feel good, that empowers them, that, um, you know, makes them happy, then we'll be the happiest people in the, you know, in the world. <laughs> right. Um, so th- this may be an odd question because you have a very successful campaign going on with a lot of days to go. But if, if you were to start your Kickstarter today, would there be anything that you do differently? Um, I don't know. This is, this is tough. And maybe like, I, I almost want to ask for your opinion because um, we've been getting some, a little bit of backlash about the, the different way that we've actually done our stretch goals. Because normally, you know how stretch goals, um, companies have been able to um, provide extra value to the backers. Mm -hmm. But because we structured our reward structure uh, to maximize the value of each customer, we like every reward is essentially only covering the costs of it for us to produce, plus the shipping costs, um, which are included. So for us to be able to um, give any additional value, we wouldn't. We would have we would basically be going under. We would have negative funds, which right. would almost defeat the whole purpose of doing this uh, Kickstarter campaign. So I think just going back, if I would have priced higher at a, um, higher reward levels, if people liked our story, I'm I'm assuming they would have backed us anyways. But that's the other assumption. It's like if I had priced that much higher, where I could afford to give out more product and more merchandise for hitting certain stretch goals, would would that have um, decrease the amount of backers I have or, you know, would it remain the same? So that's something that maybe, maybe you could, you could help me answer. Well, yeah, I haven't, I haven't dove in that deep into your rewards or your, or your numbers to, to have a, have an opinion on it. But I mean, it's intriguing how you're doing your stretch goals. I, I thought it was an intriguing one on, on like your 50 K number about like getting video equipment, you know? So, um, you know, so like, I don't know. Is, is that something that really enhances the whole experience or is that just enhancing you? You know what I mean? Like, you know, so kind of answering those kind of types of questions, but that's just what I see as a, as a, yeah, you know, but I'd, lo- I'd love to answer I'd, lo- I'd love to answer that question yeah. because, um, I think it's, it goes both way. It goes both, both ways, especially because we are, um, 
building the brand and because we are we're trying to become a content creator where we involve everyone um our success highly depends on how active our supporters our backers are um and and that 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 happens through social media and in yep. today's you know in today's age that it just depends on social media so if we can't do that then we can't capture um the different things that of interest um whether it's food or activities or you know or people and so in essence it's it's mutually it's something that would that we hope is mutually beneficial and not you know that's something that they just see as only beneficial to us because we do strive to be fully like fully transparent and to provide information um to our backers but not only that to be to we want our backers and supporters and our K-pop family to feel that their voice is really driving the future of K-pop foods yeah. that that they are involved in every single step and you know I I'm listening to everything that everyone says and you know this is what keeps me up at night and um, <laughs> and yeah I mean I'm taking everything to heart and I want them to feel a part of our community because we would not be here without them like, right well, I I think it's smart I mean I, you know for me I think it is smart how you're how you're approaching this uh, and you're approaching the story and I think it's because you have you know, the uphill battle of getting out, not just your product, but Korean in general, right? The, the food and the flavor, right? So like, I got to go to the grocery store after this. There's no Korean aisle, right? There's, you know, so you're just going to be meshed in with srirachas, all the, all the hot sauce or whatever, you know, you'll just be lumped into that. Yeah. And I think what you're, what you're saying is for your brand to really be as big as you want it to be, you've got to fight the bigger battle, the bigger storyline. So I think it's smart. I think it's a smart move. Thank you. Yeah. Let's go. Cool. So, so right now, um, you know, well, let's see, you got like 35 days to go, but on day 36, let's just say the kick, all the Kickstarter money comes in. What, what starts the process? What starts to happen next? So we've learned through our research that even if, um, at the end of whenever, uh, at the closing of the campaign, that it can take up to 14 days for all the money to come in and then mm-hmm. an additional three days to transfer to our business bank account. Yep. And then we're going to have to transfer it to the, but to the co-packer. So, um, I mean, we, we're, we're ready. We're, we're ready to roll. We just need, we, we don't, we can't really, um, produce until we have those funds. <laughs> so what happens though, is that, you know, as soon as we re- receive those funds, we're able to pay our manufacturer and then we get our production runs up and going. And the actual production runs will happen very, very quickly. Um, so once, once we, we, we expect that we'll be able to get out, um, get out the bottles um, shorter than what we estimated, which was um, sometime in August, we're hoping that we can actually get it out in July or sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is this something that you guys have to work at, like a commercial kitchen somewhere, or do you have access to one of those through, through the UCLA? Um, no, so we're actually using a co-packer, which is a manufacturer that will handle, that will source the ingredients, that will um, make it and, and bottle it, and so that we just have to be able to um, to do the shipping afterwards, do, gotcha. the package, do the packaging, which, yes, we'll do at um, UCLA, and then we'll, we'll ship it from here. We'll have to schedule something with the you know, USPS or, yeah. And then, mm-hmm. and then get it out to all our backers, and and then from there on, it's just the it's just comes down to um, if we're able to raise capital to be able to continue operations. Because as soon as our backers have their bottles, uh, we want to be able to um, publicly make it available um, through through our website 
and we're trying to work work with um, look into how 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 we can best utilize Amazon or other e-commerce uh, retailers. So, so do, are you guys envisioning um, the traditional models as well of getting it in the grocery stores and distributors and stuff like that? We we are, but we just um, through through all our interviews and and the research that we've conducted. Um, we just don't have the financial resources to sustain that. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it would be one thing if our product was something that everyone was familiar with and we were able to distinguish by, by having um, a different, different packaging, something that s- stood out. But the education piece isn't there yet. So even right. if we were able to get our product into uh, a, um, a traditional you know, grocery channel, there's no guarantee that it would sell and, and that would just eat eat up all our costs so mm-hmm. our kind of our, our strategy here is a little bit to raise awareness through e-commerce which where the margins actually look better um better and better almost every day and and hopefully uh, we'll be once we're able to at least bring in some revenue that can offset um any advances that we have when we do um try to enter the retail the traditional retail market that's cool so so for you personally Outside of the business, outside of all of this other stuff, where do you see yourself in five years? Outside of the business. Um, I want to be at a point, that's tough because outside the business, I see myself, hopefully I I see myself in this business for for a long, long time. But outside of this business, I want to be... I want to be here. I want to continue being here, being here in, the, in LA because this is where um, all my f- friends and family are, and I want to be able to um, help them and actually anyone that I meet through my network help them achieve their goals and dreams. I really do um, like mentoring, teaching, and help, helping people to their to their full potential. Um, and yeah, I mean, if I can if I can help them create value, help them achieve their dreams, then um, yeah, it's just something that I find rewarding. That's cool. And then for cake pop or K pop, I should say cake pop. That's something at Starbucks. I get my my daughter ate yesterday when we were there. Yeah, they're pretty good too. <laughs> they're, they're tasty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but in regards to to K pop, I, I mean, if there was you know a whiteboard and you're talking about five years from now. What is it? Is it you know three or four different sauces? Like like what's an achievable thing that you think will happen in the next five years for for the brand? So sauces, spices for sure. Uh, we can do that. Um, and then what I really really hope to happen is to be able to move into another you know food product, whether it's uh, kimchi. You know, a lot of people have actually you know uh, voiced that they want it. And we know it is, it's just the educational piece is so hard and, and the manufacturing piece is hard, but we'll get there. I think we may be able to get there in five years. And then just, um, all the other flavors and cuisines of, of, of Korea, like how do we package that? How do we bring it, uh, bring it to, uh, the mass markets, uh, without, without, uh, deteriorating the quality of the food. Um, but, yeah, sauce, spices, and um, potentially snacks that that um, inf- that are infused with different uh, Korean flavors. Um, to cool. answer your question, in five years, yeah, that's cool. Do you have a favorite book you're reading right now? Um, let's see. Don't remember the author. This is horrible. But, uh, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, I can. I can. Uh, 
what I can do is it's a, it's a branding. It's a branding book right now. It's actually part part of uh, one of my uh, marketing classes um, for brand management. Um, but I can send you that information afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Shoot me. Yeah, shoot me that. Yeah. How about like is there is there a favorite online tool that you're using right now for the campaign? Is there anything that's like, man, thank God we have this tool. Um, no, because I don't like depending on tools. Um, I like depending on people. So, um, okay. yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, where can people find out more information outside of the Kickstarter? Where can people kind of, kind of plug into your guys' brand? Yeah. So again, like I said, we're everything about our brand. You can, you can see from our Instagram page, which is just at K-pop foods or, um, on Facebook, which is just facebook.com slash K-pop foods, um, or our website, which is just kpopfoods.com. So, yeah. Well, Mike, so what's the vibe like with 35 days to go and you've already funded, you've over, you know, you got overfunding going on. What is the, what's the vibe like, uh, with you and your team? Uh, I mean, we we are so grateful to to all our backers, um, but we're still. If anything, we're actually more, more. There's like this pressure for us because we aren't making um, a lot of money off of the Kickstarter. It's great for awareness, but we need to be able to um, go out and uh, and raise money. So there is there's a little bit of pressure um, on our side, especially because we're graduating in in a couple in in June here, and. Um, yeah, I mean we haven't we've haven't gone without a salary for a long time, and we're <laughs> gonna continue to go into negatives. But um, yeah, so there is a little bit of pressure, but um, we're optimistic because we we believe um, our supporters believe. Um, so yeah, that's cool. Well, Mike got a great campaign. Looks like you got a bright future here. Uh, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of plates spinning with a uh, Kickstarter ending, fulfillment, graduation. You know, you know, finding more money. A lot of stuff, man. Lots to be thankful for. <laughs> yep, 100%. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of uh, out of your day. I know you guys are busy with with the campaign running, and you got to get back to those comments and uh, you know backer updates and all that good stuff. But uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to chat with to me and my listeners. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Awesome. Um, yeah. Thanks so much, day. man. All right, how about that conversation with Mike Kim from K-pop? Um, yeah, great story. You know, uh, man, I. They've got big dreams, big goals here to, you know, kind of revolutionize the Korean condiment world, per se, uh, and get those in your local grocery store. And, 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 you know, we talked about it a little bit, you know, it, it's not something you see every day. And I'm, I'm intrigued to get my bottle um, uh, when it rolls in. So cool. I mean, Mike, again, thanks so much for taking time out of your day. So the song we listen to is a song called Yesterday's Superstar. Um, I think it's one of the better songs that I've worked on uh, back in the day. And uh, it features Lulu Doll again on vocals. So let us uh, I'll stop talking. Hope you guys have a great week. And um, we will talk all again on Monday. Uh, so keep those crowdfunding campaigns going wild, everybody. Talk to you all later. I'm starting to think I'm yesterday's